What's up, everybody? So today is, um, I think it's 10-11, 2018, October 11th. Been a few days for me. Um, I'm trying to get into the habit of doing these like once a week or once every other so often. Major events that happen. Um, but as you know, you know, my schedule fluctuates. And I have a YouTube that I haven't uploaded anything in like a month. And I have stuff to upload, and I just haven't had the time. Perhaps this weekend, Saturday, I'll have some time. But anyways, today's episode, I'm going to focus on probably, maybe, in my eyes, it would be the most controversial subject, um, because... If you're a heavy metal fan or if you're a fan of like hard rock or you know anything like that everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got these things where it's like you have to respect there's a lot of metal elitism uh, if, if you don't know what that means it's metal can only be a certain way and that's it. And I, you know, and I'm even an elitist in in an aspect. Like I see some heavy metal bands, and I ain't gonna name no names. Five Finger Death Punch, Disturbed, um, Avenged Sevenfold, current Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, there's a slew of fucking bands that just fucking suck the dick uh, out of fucking metal and turn it into shit. But like I said, I'm not going to get into that that aspect of it. What I am going to get into is what, in my eyes, in my opinion, the top 10, that I, and I guess, like I said, I can't stress this enough. This is my top 10. And it's it, my top 10 albums of all fucking time. Um, like I said, it's... If, you, if somehow this reaches an audience, you know, and they come back and, and ask me, this, this list might fluctuate because there's every band that I've listened to for the most part has got three, four, five albums, um, seven, several albums, ten albums, you know, like Metallica, for instance, got a fucking shitload of albums. And rightfully so that that band deserves credit, and they're on my list. Um, not high up it, but they're uh, they're on there. Um, you could put any number of Metallica albums. You could probably put all ten, and it'd be better than most metal bands, most fucking hardcore bands, most punk bands out there. And it would be just all Metallica. But that's not my how I am determining this list. This list is determined based solely off of my personal life experiences. Uh, how the music has shaped me going forward, how it's helped me, how I've leaned on it in hard times. The albums that make the most fucking sense to me, and the albums that some of these albums, I mean, I had to dust off some of them, but some of them I've listened to, God, I don't know, you know, there's a particular album on this list that I got, that I listened to for, about a year straight and when i say a year straight i did not listen to the radio i did not listen to any other music i did not listen to any other band i did not listen to another lick of music for about a year 
and that and that's you know like I was mentioning in my last um, one of my last podcasts. A fucking year is a long time, man. And it went from it went from when the album dropped till like a year after before I was like, you know what? I'm finally done listening to this CD for a minute. And then I went a couple of months before I was like, why did I stop listening to that? Because there's nothing else better to listen to. And I continue to listen to it more. And that band is one of my favorite bands. I'm thinking about getting tattoos from them uh, or of them. Uh, because that band still to this day is kicking. They put on one of the most aggressive shows. If you've ever gone to any of their shows, they're probably one of the most aggressive bands. That, and the dude is not even aggressive. The front man, I think he played the part of an aggressive dude early on in the band when the band was, you know, rising. But now in his latter days, and if you follow him around, he's like lighthearted at best. But he still puts together, and that band still puts together a fucking insane show. And they put together a fucking insane... I I can touch on it so much. And I'm going to get to this band in another podcast because this band deserves more than an hour of my fucking time. Uh, I did that for Bleeding Through, you know, I went to their show, and I will do it for this band because they have a show coming up, and I, I'll get to it, you know, after, when it's fresh, when I get home from that concert, I'm doing a fucking podcast because they're one of my favorite bands of all time, and they're, one of their albums is fucking absolutely, it blew me away, it still blows me away, it, every note, every lick, every riff, every fucking blast beat, everything fucking is amazing about that album but like i said these are albums that have shaped my life monumentally um and they're not in any particular well they are ranked from like the best and i'm gonna start at the 10th and work my way up to the first but these are albums that i feel like in my life like i will never never outlive yeah, I'll be listening to these on my fucking deathbed. And when I am fucking dying, and I know I'm dying, I'll be having these fucking albums, like, on fucking repeat. There's just albums that I will not want to fucking die knowing I didn't listen to it one more time. But anyways, coming in at number 10, and this might be a surprise to most people, but it's not to me. If anybody really, truly, deeply knows me, I have an affinity, or I have an... Yeah, I guess an affinity... I have an affectionate side towards uh, black metal in general. Um, I love the black metal. I love the fucking... I actually love the visual aspect of what black metal is. It's a lot of fucking pentagrams. There's a lot of fucking... The whole goth look. I mean... You know, to me, it just tickles me like... Something so fucking dark and evil. And they put it into music. And like I said, coming at number 10... Uh, Cradle of Filth, the Midian album. To me, I had that album, and I actually, like, I stopped listening to that band, but I throw, I actually threw on Midian, and I threw on, um, from the Cradle to Enslave not that long ago. I listened to Nymphetamine a, a little bit ago, but, you know, Cruelty and the Beast. Oh, uh, there, there's just 
so many albums from them, but Midian, to me, Midian is the one. Uh, it's highly regarded as one of their best as well. You know, I, there's a lot of Cradle of Filth homers, and they're going to tell you no, but Midian to me is the most well-rounded album that they've ever... Like, I don't know much after Nymphetamine and like that. Not that I really... I could go and listen to it, but Midian, the album, to me, is so fucking perfect. The way it starts, you know, and like I said, this album, I could go on and on all day about this album, you know, review each and every songs, um, and I don't even have that album track listed in front of me, but Her Ghost in the Fog, uh, Midian itself, Tortured Soul Asylum, um, man, there's just so many good songs on that, and I can't think of um, I can't think of the second song that's after the little intro they got. It's like, it's actually the first song, but it's one of those it's one of those things, man. Median is so fucking good. Uh, I listened to that, and I actually branched out into listening to um, Demi Borger and a shitload of other black metal bands that I would never have given the time of day. And I only listened to them because Cradle of Filth, uh, I was like, okay, Cradle of Filth, you know, if they're anything close to it, I'll take a listen to. And... I, and to that extent, I listen to Emperor, I listen to, like I said, Demu, I listen to um, Entombed, Emperor. I mean, I listen to a lot of black metal, and it doesn't, there's not a lot that compares to Cradle of Foot. Cradle of Foot is their own beast, and, they're pro- and that's probably why they're still going around and kicking. That album, Midian, is fucking righteous. As for unrighteous as it is, it's fucking righteous, man. That's my number 10 album. That album shaped me into my musical taste that came to be after I listened to them. Um, that album was fucking perfect, man. Start to finish, the album is perfect. Um, I even think it is fucking Lord Abortion on there. Oh, dude, fucking that album is great, man. And I'm going to continue this because I got to fucking get going right now, but I'm, I'm, we're barely at number 10, and I'll get to this in a moment. Okay, everybody, so I'm back, uh, and I left off as I stitched these, I actually went to go play some basketball, it's been about two hours of real time, um, fucking out of breath, as usual, I suck, I haven't won a game, I actually lost the game 15-14 against my nephew. Uh, he's incredibly athletic. He's about six inches taller. No, about five inches taller than me. He's got that much arm reach. And I'm old and I just don't move that fast. And he's just too fucking fast for me. But Pick it up where I left off. Yeah, Midian, the album from Cradle of Filth, is fucking superb. And I actually looked at the track list because I was at a spare moment in between basketball games. But... Cthulhu Dawn is the second track. It's actually the first song in my eyes on that album. Cthulhu Dawn tells you everything you need to know about that album. Um, 
Like I said, there's a slew of good songs on there. You know, Her Ghost in the Fog, Tortured Soul Asylum, um, Lord Abortion. Oh man, um, there's that whole that whole album is superb, and that is my number ten album. That's where I start. At, you know, that's where I start. And like I said, Cradle of Filth. Without them, um, I probably don't listen to you know, D-Moon and all those other bands. And I gave that whole genre a chance because of Cradle of Filth. And there is other good black metal out there, but Cradle is the one in my eyes. They're the one that really, really hits it for me, you know. But moving on, because this is a list, and I don't want to take, you know, 20 years to explain 10 albums. Number nine. And this one, this album for me, let me give you a little brief history. I got it, and perhaps because I got that was the first album I got from this band, I can't see any other album being better, even though there's a close second. But this one, to me, this one, I got this album probably in the seventh grade, um, and it blew my mind then, too. I was like, holy shit, this shit is so fucking aggressive. That is Pantera's Far Beyond Driven. Um, Jesus, what can I say about this album, man? That hasn't already been said by a million other people. Uh, it's got some of the best songs that Pantera has, I believe. You know, they have the one that... They have this song. And I know Walk gets a lot of credit. But... Uh, Strength Beyond Strength is... To me, that is, I don't know, that song is so well put. That's a whole album in a song. That's everything you want in a song. It's got cussing. It's got, starts out rambunctious. It starts out fast-paced. It's got a, one of the sickest tempo breakdown beatdowns ever in a song, I think. Um, becoming, uh, Shedding Skin. Slaughtered, uh, man, Five Minutes Alone, man, I don't know what, you know, Pantera is one of those bands that transcends, I think, even into nowadays. For whatever reason, there's a few bands that do that, you know, there's a couple of, there's a couple of bands that do that, and, but Pantera is one of those bands, man, like, they were, they were, they're now what I would consider old metal, like, they did you know, they're just older now, like, you know, metal is in a different place right now, but that album, Far Beyond Driven Man, is fucking superb, and in my life, I've never seen Pantera live, but I've seen and heard multiple of their songs live, uh, and there's only two songs that people cover, and that's Walk, which Avenged Sevenfold did a disservice. Uh, to that song and to the band, um, they had no business covering that fucking song. And Strength Beyond Strength, Strength Beyond Strength to me is the better of the two songs. A Walk is more of, to me, that's more of the commercial side of Pantera, and they, I think they try to stay as far away from it as they can, as a band, but. That man, that album is fucking like I said, it hit me like a slug, like a fucking sawed up shotgun to the back of the head, man. 
if you could imagine I'm sitting in the seventh grade in, you know, seventh grade for me was like 96, 97, 98, somewhere around there. Um, in those days, it was nothing but corn, Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails. And while some of those bands have some good songs, um, Pantera, when I got that, when I got my hands on that album, I don't even know when the album came out. Like, I don't pay attention to that much that stuff too much but when i got my hands on the album like completely well i was like yo this is this is fucking it and, it, and that album is fucking if you've heard those songs on their fucking live album fucking blows away half of the other shit that's on the on their live album that they have um becoming man man that that song too, man. Holy shit, dude. Um, the lyric, I mean, the lyrics are fucking great too. I, I don't know. There's so much to say about that album. Uh, from that album, I mean, like, from that album forward, I knew, I probably knew there was a clear difference between the metal that was popular at the time. Like I said, this is seventh grade for me. There was metal popular at the time. And what I knew I wanted to hear. There was a huge difference between Korn and Pantera. Even though those guys probably know each other. And they come across each other at festivals. You know, they're probably good friends. You know, Jonathan Davis. You know, Phil Anselmo. Marilyn Manson. Phil Anselmo. Slayer. Or uh, Tom Arroyo. And Phil. You know, Dimebag. And, you know, they're probably all good friends. But there's a clear difference of metal. The clear night and day, like they, those bands probably would never share the same stage. You know, and the if you were to book it, you wouldn't book those two bands together. It doesn't make any sense. You know, White Zombie doesn't was not in the same. The fan base is totally totally different. And like I said, when, when I got my hands on the album, I knew right then and there, like that was one of those albums where I knew I was more on the heavy, I was more on the aggressive spectrum of things. Um, even though, like, I dabble, I dabble in a lot of different metal, but clearly, Far Beyond Driven is one of those fucking albums, man, that, to me, and it's a shame they're at number nine, but there's, that's my ninth, that's like, I, I would only put one other album of theirs in my top ten, and it's not gonna make it, but Far Beyond Driven, if you, if you don't, if you get stuck listening to one Pantera album, that's the album I would get that hands down, that's the album that I want to get stuck with. Uh, without a doubt. You know, Cowboys from Hell is just not the same flavor. It, far Beyond Driven is what it, it's really what it is. Far Beyond Driven, man. I mean, I, like I said, I don't know if you go on and on about that album. I could listen to that album right now and then talk to you for about an hour about it. Like, yeah, but that's my number nine album. You know, we just hit Cradle of Phil, Pantera. And up next is a band that's not necessarily heavy, but they too hit me at a, at an age when I was probably mulling over. I was pouring over heavy metal in general. Like, heavy metal had... It already had its hooks into me, and I was just listening to music in whatever... Stuck. Some stuff stuck. Some stuff didn't. 
but this band in this album in general fucking it was so refreshing because it was it's they're probably a perfect blend of the heavy and in the you know the new metal that was the era at the time and that's cold chambers cold chamber the album uh I was listening to this song probably in the sixth grade and seventh grade nonstop. I mean, if anybody knows who Cold Chamber is, uh, you will know that the front man, uh, Dez, is fucking the front man to Devil Driver. And that man has some fucking talent. Uh, I've seen both Cold Chamber and Devil Driver now live. The two bands are, they could blend into the same fucking band, even though the bands are so different. And that's because the dude up front fucking just kills the fucking, he kills the fucking stage, he kills the mic. He, that band probably is was only successful because of him. Uh, and then that album, I think they put probably their best foot forward, uh, even though. Their follow-up, their two follow-up albums from Cold Chamber were really good in my eyes. They were, but they're not nowhere near as good as, as uh, Cold Chamber, Cold Chamber, um, Chamber Music and Dark Days is not as good as their, not as good as their, uh, their intro album. Man, you start off with Loco. Uh, this is one of the most iconic songs I can think of. I haven't listened to that album in a, in a minute, but for a long time I want to say probably sixth grade all the way to like well beyond senior year in high school probably even after once they became once Dez finally left that band and became Devil Driver I moved on from Cold Chamber even though I, I still love that band so much and I mean they stuck with me through through the years I mean Dez hasn't gone nowhere Dez, Dez is still making music and Devil Driver's fucking a successful band and devil drivers got a slew of good albums as well they make my top 10 but if you pay if anybody knows devil driver and if you're if they're your favorite band you gotta go and check out cold chamber that's his that's how he got started and that man didn't leave much you know it's not like he produced or he was a part of three shitty albums and he just was like oh, i'm fucking this band sucks no he put his best foot forward he did maybe the band around him didn't but he put his best foot forward uh and they, and they like i said they, they they probably better than any band that was new metal at that time they blended the heavy and the in the noises and the in the in the gimmicks of the new metal they blended it really well cold chamber the album was fucking heavy from the get-go i mean not too much cussing but there's that album pig comes to mind bradley comes to mind um my frustration i watershed no actually watershed not, uh dream time uh big truck sway i mean i think that's like the whole album a mirror of the desert. That that album is fucking righteous, man. Like I said, that got me early. Um, there was a lot of trendy bands. You know, Marilyn Manson was huge. He kind of broke the mold of 
the Panteras and the Slayers and the Metallicas. And that was, everybody followed him, you know, or a lot of, well, a lot of people did, you know, Nine Inch Nails. And Cold Chamber was refreshing because they weren't necessarily a part of that vibe, but they were a part of it. Um, it was just, it was just, man, that album is so good. Like I said, I could go on for days about, about Devil Driver and Cold Chamber. But if you know Devil Driver, you, you got to know that that man, the front man, uh, Dez, was his, the initial band was Cold Chamber and, that, and their shit was fucking good, man. Like I said, it carried me 6th, 7th, all the way past, you know, high school before I finally put them down. And I still listen to it. I just Spotify them about a couple months ago. Ran through the ran through the collection of it. No, as a matter of fact, I, when I went to San Francisco, I was listening to Dark Days or Chamber Music, one of the two, uh, going up there because the albums are, their albums are solid. Uh, not many songs you you would skip, and most of the songs I still remember all the lyrics to because I listened to it so many times. Uh, like I said, they I, they can't get much higher than number eight. They could possibly be lower, be lower, but I have a passionate, you know, upbringing with them, and that band was so fucking good, man. And I seen them live a few years ago, a few years ago with my brother uh, at the observatory in Santa Ana, and it was a blast, man. Like I didn't see them when I was, you know, obviously when I was young in those days. Um. But I got to see them when I was older, and I actually enjoyed it because I wasn't moshing and I wasn't doing shit. I just wanted to see because I wanted to not miss, you know, the experience. You know, if I if you were to tell me, okay, you're gonna see Slipknot one more time, or you're gonna see Pantera one more time, I probably wouldn't mosh. I'd probably be taking video, just watching like like a normal human being, because. I would like to fucking absorb it all instead of fucking worrying about fucking if somebody's going to fucking kick me in the head or I'm going to get trampled on. I do that to the bands I've seen numerous times, but not not to these bands where you're only going to catch them once again. And the, and like I said, I went to go see them at the observatory in Santa Ana and they fucking blew that shit away. And, the, and that band is so old and they, you know, they just put out uh, an album two, three years ago, IOU or some shit. That album's pretty good, too. Uh, listen to it. I haven't listened to it in a while. There's no need to listen to it because they don't play. But I love I love Cold Chambers, Cold Chambers album, uh, the self-titled album. It, it starts off with the bang. Loco is fucking great. Um, Pig, fucking even better. <sighs> Moving on. That was number eight. Moving on to the seventh, my seventh best album. And this band actually made the list twice. And I didn't mean to do that, but I cannot. I cannot get past. Um, I can't get past it, man. I just fucking can't. They put this band put up two fucking iconic albums in my lifetime and at different times. And at both different times, you know, I received a lot of hatred for listening to them. Um, I don't know why. 
I don't really care to know why. But Slipknot, um, Iowa in general, you, so many people have said so much about that album, and and to me, Iowa is probably Slipknot's best album. Um, it's probably their best album that they put out ever. I think it fucking shatters all the other albums. Um, like I said, they did make this list twice, so you have to see what other album I picked. But Iowa, we'll we'll, we'll talk Iowa. Iowa hit. When I was in, when the fuck did Iowa hit? Iowa hit, I think I was like in 11th grade, I believe. In Iowa, or 10th grade. And that album hit like a fucking freight train. Holy shit. Ain't got to spend much time discussing. If anybody knows Slipknot, you know Iowa, and you know what that fucking album is, man. Um, People Equal Shit, Disaster Piece, The Heretic Anthem, Gently, uh, Skin Ticket, holy shit, man. Um, Iowa The Song, I, I mean, for whatever reason in those days, I would drive myself crazy because I would be fucking listening on my headphones to Iowa at like 6 in the morning at full decibels just fucking pounding my fist into the fucking school bus the back of the school bus seat you know that fucking album is fucking that is an album that I, and I don't even know how to explain this but that album is so big like there's not many bands that put together an album that is a big album like that album is big. I don't know how else to describe it. Like it's, it's not like grungy garage sound. It's not your over the top metal bullshit. Like uh, you know, it it, it was just, it, Iowa has a big sound to it. Like it, it was designed to be played in stadiums, but it maintained heavy. It maintained fucking hard. Uh, it's got. Like I said, it's got the Heritage Anthem, and that song is a fucking song, man. I mean, that was one of my, that's like one of my favorite songs from them of all time. Uh, they've got some, they've got, you could pick a dozen songs, and it'd be, it'd be completely different from somebody else's dozen songs. And, and the debate is there, is always going to raise it. What is their best song? You know, you'll never get to the bottom of that. You'll never get to the bottom of which is their best album. But Iowa is going to rank in there, and the Heretic Anthem is going to rank in the top of all of that shit. <clears throat> and like I said, in, in my days, when I was in high school, I heard the same fucking shit from everybody that Slipknot was stupid. They had fucking four drummers, which is not even true. But that, I heard that shit. There's nine people. They didn't get it. They were mass stupid. Everybody thought it was some bullshit. And... I'm sitting there, it's me and like three other dudes that are like, yo, fucking Slipknot is fucking, Slipknot is fucking insane. They're out of control. Like the the music was so big. It was so heavy, so fucking violent. 
so crazy. Uh, and they caught a full head of steam, man. Uh, I caught them a few times during the Iowa days. The Pledge of Allegiance tour fucking completely. Holy fuck, that tour was fucking incredible. Out of bounds, out of control. Um, yeah, it's just fucking... I could go on and on all day about Iowa the album, man, but... Like, it, it, people equal shit. Disaster Piece is one of my favorite songs on that whole album, too. Uh, Metabolic is probably my favorite song of that of that album. Uh, New Abortion. I mean, you take your you take your pick. It's got a little bit of everything, you know. And I haven't even mentioned the single Left Behind. Like, holy shit, Left Behind is a good song all in its own, even though it's a bastard song that they don't play. Well, actually, I don't know if that's true anymore. I haven't seen Subnot in ages because they only play big ass venues and I ain't got fucking hundred dollars to be spending to watch that band play. Whoever, if you're out there, fucking tell Slipknot not to lower their fucking prices. <laughs> lower their fucking prices and actually do a tour with fucking like three other bands. Like, I don't know. And, and don't fucking try to charge you like $90 to see them. Like, come on, dog. Like, I remember one year the fucking VIPs were in the hundreds and I was like, uh, and the fucking meet and greets were in the thousands. And I, no, come on. I'm a fucking fan. I bought enough of your fucking albums and I fucking spent enough time listening to you guys. I bought enough of your shirts and bullshit. Y'all don't need to be doing that shit. But Iowa, yeah, Iowa's the number seven album. And I would tell you right now, they the other album I have from the, and I couldn't leave Slipknot out. I, I put them, they're the only band that reached the list twice. But like I said, that shaped, you know, I took the mantle of liking Slipknot and I ran with it because I was one of the only people that liked it, what they had going from, and they didn't disappoint, you know. Volume 3 came out years after the fact, and it was actually a good, fresh taste of Slipknot because, you know, everybody wanted them to do... And I get Volume 3 wasn't as heavy, but Volume 3 is good in its own way. And I think, and they actually returned to the heaviness, but I kind of dipped off of the Sipnot Trail for the very reason that it's very expensive. It's it's a, it's very expensive to go see them. It's very out the way. It's very inconvenient. They don't tour often. You you have to set aside time to do it. Now they do the Knotfest, and you know that's kind of pricey as well. And the bands they tour with, I kind of, they could do better. But regardless. Um, Slipknot, man, Iowa, shit. I remember when that album came out, and I remember when I went to go buy it, and I remember throwing it on in my room, and I was fucking blown away. Within, like, the first fucking five minutes, I was like, holy shit. This is fucking heavy. This is fucking brutal. The way people equal shit kicks off, I mean, you don't get no better than that. You know, even the even the intro, and I don't know the fucking, I don't know the, the number code that they put and try to be cool. I'm just going to fucking call it whatever it is, the fucking intro. Uh, that intro was good, too. I mean, it was so unique, so refreshing to hear some shit like that, and then just to, kick, to blow your face off with people equal shit. 
doesn't get no fucking better. And then the lead right into Disaster Piece. Disaster Piece starts off slightly slow, and then it just fucking blows blows your fucking head off. A Disaster Piece, like I said, is one of one of my favorite songs. So you know, so is the Heretic Anthem, man. I mean, if you can imagine, I'm like in high school, I'm full blown like I'm a heavy metal dude. I had long hair and everything. And fucking, you get your hands on fucking Iowa for the first time. Mind you, some of you guys got Iowa later. Some of you guys got Iowa, you know, when you were younger. You heard it from your older brothers or whatever. I got Iowa dead center high school. And I was one of the few people that liked them. Not a lot of people liked them. A lot of people didn't like them. But I was one of the few that actually did like them. I've got proof. Um, I went to Tattoo uh, Tattoo the Earth Festival. I still have that fucking shirt. Uh, anybody that knows me knows how much of a fucking Slipknot fan I used to be. So you can fuck off with that shit about, I don't know what I'm talking about. I was a Slipknot fan before people were Slipknot fans. Um, and and I had Iowa in my hands like the day or the second day it came out, whatever day I made time to go get it. Uh, and I knew I was one of the only people that had it. And they fucked that, that fucking album. Oh, my God fucking rips it ripped new metal to shreds it fucking killed Marilyn Manson's career it killed corn it killed a lot of bands it killed stained it killed trapped it killed fucking incubus it killed Lincoln Park to an extent it killed slipknot killed slipknot maimed new metal uh when that album dropped even though they were kind of part of the new metal ish they they completely fucking they blew everybody out the water with Iowa, and, and like I said, they they blew that they blew everyone out the water, and I was along for the ride, and I enjoyed every second of it, man. Slipknot was fucking insane. They were fucking insane. And that's my number seven album. My number six album. Uh, this one is a classic one, but it you know they, this band was gonna make it in this regards, and it for me, this one was a hard one to to choose. But this was the right choice for me. Um, I've been a fan of this band since the beginning. They're probably they. I probably owe my he, my heavy metal lineage and my mentality solely on this band and solely on like a handful of albums. Well, actually, they have quite a bit of albums now, and I've listened to all their shit. Could you not? Um, but they got they got a hold of me first. Uh, without this band, I don't think I listened to heavy metal. I mean, you know, you're at a young age, you know. I was like the fourth or fifth grade, uh, listening to them. And like I said, if it wasn't for this band, who knows where I end up? Uh, I probably do end up in the heavy metal, but I could have ended up anywhere. I could have listened to some other bullshit. Uh, but Metallica, you know, Metallica got a hold of me. Don't know how. The music was so good. And of all their albums, and the one that's going to make the list for me is Master of Puppets. Um, it was a close call. I was gonna, I was about ready to throw down Justice for All. But to me, Master of Puppets is the album. If you're going to, like I say, if you're going to get stuck with a Metallica album, it, to me, Master of Puppets is that album. Um... More so than Ride the Lightning, more so than Kill Them All. 
more so than and justice for all more so than black uh load reload snm garage inc uh death magnetic you know saint anger um even their even their newest shit uh i don't know the name of it off the top of my head but to me master puppets the song itself master puppets holy shit that song is probably in the band's arsenal of songs that it's got probably master puppets the song itself is probably definitely it's their top five one of their top five songs hands down you know i I would have to rank metallica songs you know one through ten in in to make some sort of sense of it because they've got they've got albums entire albums where they could play an entire album and nobody would not even fucking flinch because it'd be so good let alone they've got multiple albums like that and they've got multiple songs spanning over multiple generations, and they somehow still making good music, man. Their their latest album, I don't like. I said I don't know the, the exact name of it, but uh, Lords of Summer, you know, that whole that whole album is good too. I haven't listened to it in a cool minute. It's long. That's why it's, I don't listen to it often because I can't I can't drive to work and get and get to work without listening to like only two songs. While most bands these days, I could listen to like several songs and I'm like, oh shit, I listened to almost the whole album. I'll listen to like a little bit when I go home, finish it off. Now Metallica, uh, you can't do that. Not now on these last couple albums that they put out. But Master Puppets, uh, Battery, uh, the thing that should not be, Master Puppets itself, Damage Incorporated, Orion. Leper Messiah, uh, Sanitarium. I mean, I, and I think that's like all the fucking songs. Like, I, I'm probably missing a song or two, but it don't get no fucking better than that, man. Like, like Jesus, like the fucking Master Puppets. The album is fucking intense. It's intense from the get go. Like, to me, Metallica was one band for Kill 'Em All. And Kill 'Em All actually has one of my favorite songs of all time on them, Motor Breath. But they switched it up and they found their niche in Ride the Lightning. And they found the formula for success during Ride the Lightning, that era. And then they they took what they learned from Ride the Lightning and they put infinitely better a better sound and a better quality and a better better lyrics. They put a whole better album past right line, and that's Master Puppets. And Master Puppets, that album was so good. I think they tried their hand at it a third time and Injustice Frog because it carries the same similar setup of how their songs are presented to you. Uh not and not to say that Injustice Injustice Frog was bad, but I think you had a bit of repetition in the band, and I think they wanted to do away with that. So you got Injustice for All, but I think where they put all their eggs in one basket was Master Puppets. And you could debate me on that all damn day. I, I don't even mind. I, I love to compare Metallica albums. Uh, 
And Justice for All has got some good shit too. And Justice for All, the song itself is fucking amazing. But to me, Master Puppets trumps And Justice for All, the song. Um, Battery is better than Blackened. Battery is better than uh, Fight Fire with Fire. Ride the Lightning might be a shade, or might be equal to Master Puppets, but I, I, I don't really see that. Damage Incorporated, to me, is better than Dyer's Eve. Um, and then if you're going by the ballads, you got the three ballads, you got... One, which one I, I would assume is better than Sanitarium. But Fade to Black, well, I actually, if you got, if you put up Fade to Black, one, and Sanitarium heads up, Sanitarium probably last, but the album overall is fucking better than the, the two albums. And I don't know, Fade to Black is probably, to me in my eyes, Fade to Black is better than one. But one is the more commercially popular one for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, Master Puppets is that fucking album, man. And that's that's sixth on my list. And like I said, they got a hold of me first. And I probably was listening to, you know, the Black Album and shit first. But when I discovered that Metallica had other albums and that their other albums were fucking good, Master Puppets is, to me, one of the albums that... I cannot fucking get over. Like, I still listen to that shit. I was just listening to Metallica up in San Francisco. I was actually listening to Injustice for All. And and without, I know all the words to all the songs. I know all the beats. I know when the fucking, I know everything about those albums, man. I, those albums I've been listening to since the fifth, sixth grade, all the way now. I haven't stopped damn near 20 years later of Metallica. Like, holy shit, like, and they still going. I I actually missed them recently play, uh, I believe, in Ontario or Los Angeles. And I really wanted to go. I, they played at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, as a matter of fact. Uh, and I wanted to go, but the tickets are expensive, man. They, they want a lot of money, too. And I don't blame them, dude. Them dudes are older. They've got houses. They've got families and shit. they got to feed people. They're, they're full-on business now. I don't blame them one bit. They, they've given me so much joy over the years. I've, I've seen Metallica several times. And they don't they don't fail, man. They really don't fucking put on a bad set. They don't fucking do shit to uh to make to me that makes you think like wow this band is fucking shit. Like no, they've survived even garaging. They survived everybody talking shit about them cutting their hair. They survived uh Saint Anger. They survived a lot of shit and they're still good. Death magnetic. When all the dust settled, the band, they actually finally found their groove again. Death Magnetic is a fucking beautiful album. Uh, to me, that is what the band has always been about, musically. And they did it gracefully and tastefully. And they put together some of the best songs that my nephew listens to, Death Magnetic. He loves those songs because they're his time. Um, they're in his... In his era, this, those are their newer songs for him to listen to. It's not like he's listening to some old ass shit like I was listening to. Uh, he loves Death Magnetic and he loves The Unforgiven Three. He loves uh, he loves a, a bunch of songs off of there, man. And and I had to agree; those songs are really good. 
I can't think all nightmare long. You know, the, I could go on, on and on about Death Magnetic, but we're talking Master Puppets. Master Puppets hit me to hit me like a fucking like a sawed off shoddy to the back of the head. That album is fucking good. Like there isn't a bad song on that album at all. Um, to me, I associate listening to Master Puppets with playing Final Fantasy because when I was playing Final Fantasy, I was listening to Metallica. I would I would play Final Fantasy and try to level up my characters, you know, just walking around. And I would just be bumping Metallica, and that was, it was Master Puppets and Injustice for All when I was listening, playing those games. For whatever reason, I don't know why I did that, but those albums stick out to me, and they stick out with those video games. And that's my number six album on my list. Um, and it's just, it's just one of those things, man, like, Metallica really shaped my life. Like, they put me on the heavy metal track. Even though they're not exclusively heavy, they put me into the... They put me on the road. Let's just say it that way. They put me on the road. And without them, I don't think I get to, you know, Slipknot. I don't get to Korn. I don't get to uh, these other bands. Uh, I don't get to some of these other heavy metal bands, and I don't get to the heavy shit, and I don't get to where I'm at today, musically. Anyways, I don't. I, the the path is there; it's been there for me um, since Metallica. And like you know, there was a little bit of Aerosmith too. Aerosmith's not necessarily heavy, but the rock in heavy metal has been there since then, and since an early an early time. But moving right on to my fifth album, and this band too, they could have I could have put up more than one album. But I chose not to because some other albums did have a major impact on me, but none quite like this album. This album, too. Uh, if you want to talk about albums that are fucking out of this world, out of control, uh, so refreshing because it's not only is it heavy, but it's fucking. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. This band is undescribable because. Rap metal, whatever the fuck you want, new metal, maybe they're metal in general, but this band has its non-heavy moments, and the front man is not gonna scream your head out, but the lyrics are dark. Um, the band is very dark too. Um, they're a lot darker than Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson to me is more flowery in, in a sense, um, but this band is more on the new metal side more and less on the metal side but i kid you not they could put together a set of complete solid mosh songs and you would not even know that that was a fucking a part of their their array of music and a lot of people don't associate this band with being heavy heavy but i do and and the band shaped my life uh they're the ones more so than any other bands, taught me. They probably led me directly to Slipknot, uh, in a sense, because I knew that heavy music was a part of me. I liked my shit a little bit out of bounds, out of character, per se. I knew I fucking... When I heard this band, their first fucking songs... Um, and I actually 
their first fucking album is an honorable mention, but their second go around completely blows away. I think it, life is peachy from corn is fucking out of control, man. Um, ain't nobody going to forget that gibberish in the beginning. Twist is fucking bonkers. It's heavy for for whatever random... I don't know if you've ever seen them fucking hit you with that song live out of fucking nowhere. Uh, I don't know how many times I fucking listened to that song and I tried fucking gibberishing along with the man. Uh, Twist hits you out of fucking left field, out of fucking nowhere, man. I Like I said... I didn't. I didn't catch this band. The, their first album I didn't get till after I got Life Is Peachy, and Life Is Peachy I didn't get when it first came out, but I did get. Uh, at some point it did come out, and they just completely blew me away, man. Corn is one of those bands. <clears throat> they're so unique, so fucking out of control. That band was out of control for many years. Uh, they were around my sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, all the way through high school. Um, I believe Issues came out like senior year. And Issues was a fucking masterpiece. Uh, that's an honorable mention too. So is uh, Corner Corner is an honorable mention. So is uh, Follow the Leader. But Follow the Leader, to me, uh, actually I don't know when Issues came out. Issues probably came out 10th grade for me. But they, they persisted even after that. But to me... Life is Peachy is the quintessential corn. That is the album that, like I say, if you're going to get stuck with, if you had, a, if somebody put down all the corn CDs and say, pick one, because you're going to listen to that for the rest of your life from now until you die, I pick Life is Peachy. It's short. It's to the fucking point. It's got so many crazy sounds. Uh, it, it starts off with the bang. And... I know, in my eyes, between Fall the Leader, Life is Peachy, Corn Corn, and I would even say Issues, if you look at the intro songs to those four albums, you've got Blind. Blind starts off slow. Then you've got Twist. Twist starts off with a fucking a riot. It's a riot. It's a riot in a song. It's a one man fucking. It's a one man, one band fucking riot. Then you go to follow the leader, and you got it's on, and it's off starts off kind of with this mellow pace too, like, and it hits you. I actually really love, really love it's on. And then you got. You know, issues, and I would say the the intro song leads right into falling away from me. But that that's they they're very interesting song, and I don't really know it off the top of my head. But the if you follow me, what I'm saying, the twist fucking hits you with the bang. It just completely knocks your socks off, and I think that's something that they 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 missed on the on those other albums, and that's why life is PG to me is the album, and it played a big part of my life, because that shit was heavy, 
and I could throw on Twist right fucking now, and then fucking out of nowhere, people would be like, what the fuck is that? They haven't heard that song in a minute, but that song is bonkers. It's fucking bonkers. How could you forget that shit, man? Um, Mr. Rogers. Uh, Cunt. You've got fucking Adidas. You've got, um, oh man. You've just got, you even have the Deftones on there. I mean, or whatever that fucker's name is. I can't think of either. Um, holy shit. Yeah, that album is fucking amazing. I could go on and on all day about Korn too and how big of a role. But I was a Korn fan for a long time. And a lot of people hate hated on corn you know especially the heavy metal dudes that came out of the slayer the pantera they didn't like corn and i was like well y'all are fucking retarded because corn is fucking good corn is fucking a band of bands they're fucking big um and they're right smack dab at the middle and i'm getting out of the older metal albums that are leading to what are probably my it's going to be my top four, and they're the, probably the biggest and most influential albums of my life. But Korn was a big part of it, too. I was a Korn fan for many years, and I still am. I still listen to Korn. I just listened to him, too, not that long ago. Um, I don't know, remember when, but I think I actually listened to Life is Peachy because Life is Peachy is fucking great. I mean, that's one of those albums. To me, that's one of their best albums. Uh you could debate it all damn day, but I I think Life is Peach is probably good God. I mean, some you know that album is fucking righteous. And before I you know I am gonna have to stitch this fucking podcast together. But moving on. Uh, the number four album, like I said, the Slipknot was meant. I told you they're going to make the list twice, and they did. And they're coming in at number four. And Slipknot pick, picked up their feet right and got running right as Korn was, like, slowing down. And this album only ranks higher than Iowa because... Like I said, this album hits hits you like a fucking like a freight train. The album doesn't slow down until like well past the midway point of the album. It, um, again, there was so it was so fucking rambunctious. It was so fucking it's heavy. It's so fucking wild. Slipknot, Slipknot, to me, is fucking out of control. From the from the the tip from the fucking the second you push play you know you're in for some fucking you're in for some shit when the fucking man when the fucking it just starts making noise at you I mean I don't even know what to say the DJ's fucking spinning his turntables at you and it's just fucking like you're just immediately trapped in a fucking world where you're like what is coming next like holy shit it spins you around fucking hits you and I think people have tried to recreate that kind of a magic into this like trap metal era and and ultimately like like Skrillex and shit. 
but it's not the same. It's, Slipknot was added a long time ago, and they perfected it. And it has it's been a minute since the band has even come close to doing what Slipknot was doing way back when. And I and like I said, Slipknot, Slipknot, Eyeless, um, Sick, fucking Wait and Bleed. Wait and Bleed was like one of the first songs I ever heard from Slipknot. But I knew, I knew when I got their album, and I like I said, I fucking surfacing. Who could forget surfacing? Surfacing probably is definitely, if not the top in their top three songs of all time, is definitely it might even be top two. It might even be the top song, and that's only because that song was it could like I said, Slipknot came in. When everybody was doing like corn and Marilyn Manson and in Orgy and fucking all these other like new metal bands, Anima, fucking Papa Roach, fucking POD, Slipknot came in out of fucking left field and threw a haymaker and not only did it land, it fucking maimed. It knocked a lot of bands out. They fucking threw a haymaker and they knocked a lot of bands out. They knocked a shitload of bands off the fucking runway and they fucking sent them straight to fucking oblivion uh sick sick did that eyeless did that i mean those songs just fucking completely wrecked house they cleaned house uh they put metal back where it was supposed to be um when i like i said when i first got that album uh i was on one of a handful of people that even liked that band I went to go see them uh, play Tattoo there probably during the 8th and ninth grade. And they played in San Bernardino at the Orange Show. And I, there was only like maybe 5,000 people. It was a festival. And they actually exposed me to the band that's coming up next, in the album that's coming up next. But... Tattoo the Earth, Slayer was there. I mean, that show was fucking bonkers. Slipknot was wild. Liberate. I mean, who could forget Liberate? Uh, Scissors. I mean, holy shit. I, I, it, man, I can't tell you enough about Slipknot. How, how big of a fan I was of theirs in the beginning. Like I said, I've tapered off now, but Slipknot, Slipknot, that album. Oh boy. I mean,. You you can't talk about heavy metal and not bring up Slipknot. And you cannot talk about heavy metal and talk about albums that are fucking going to stick around. And Slipknot, Slipknot is going to be... It's a tie. They, they put up two gems of an album. And they're not going to... You're not going to get much better quality. And it was so aggressive, man. Surfing, surfacing was aggressive. Uh, they were rocking around, telling everybody that's their new national fucking anthem for I don't know how fucking long. Um, and I remember the hatred the band got for having so many people and three drummers or four drummers and three guitarists and bullshit. And nobody got it. And there's a DJ and DJs are not supposed to be in metal and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but fucking Slipknot, Slipknot, fucking that album is crazy. That album... More so than any album they put forward was the fucking that's the craziest album that they've ever made, and they've tried to. I think the band in their later years, because they actually have the great chapter, uh, 
they try to get back to some of that like oh we're just gonna be we're just gonna throw like the entire crate but it did it to me it doesn't match what they did back then um and you can't match it and perhaps that's why the band tried a different route for a little bit you can't match what they were doing they were i don't know what they were doing that was so ground i don't know who discovered them but they deserve a fucking they deserve not to be having to work anymore because they discovered some fucking shit out of nowhere and then they fine-tuned it and read and tuned it into a fucking an absolute monster Uh, that album is monstrous uh prosthetic oh my god uh you know like i said liberate only one Uh, i mean that album is fucking and like i said that hit me like in the eighth grade, and they completely fucking obliterated what was going on around in metal. And, and like I said, they put me there. If you're following, I was trending. I've been trending more and more heavy and heavy and wild and crazy and rambunctious. And like I said, Slipknot, Slipknot, I mean, it's all of that. I can't, like I said, I can go on all day, you know, surfacing. You know, I still know all those lyrics. I, like, I'd like to see Slipknot again. You know, I'd like to catch them. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to catch them. Uh, I'd have to plan for it. They only come around every once in a blue moon now. Um, but I'd love to fucking see them, you know. You know, and I'm pretty sure I will. But I would love to see them play Servicing one more time. Uh, just, for, just for the nostalgia that it's been since, you know, I was a young man. You know, it's been like almost 20 years now since that shit came out. And, and to think about it, it really was. I, I think I was in the eighth grade. I mean, I don't know how you're old you are in the eighth grade. Maybe you're 14, 13, 14. But I'm just, I'm just now turned 33. I mean, it's coming up on 20 years that that album came out. I mean, holy shit. It's been a long fucking time. And that, to me, that's that's my number four album. The next three, my top three albums of all time... Uh, we're going to get into right now. Okay, so hitting that number three. And this podcast is getting kind of long, but I'm I'm wrapping it up. Hitting that number three is a band who I discovered, like I said, Slipknot actually introduced me to this band. And if you're metal and if you fucking know anything about hardcore or you fucking, if you've been even... This band has done everything. They've been everywhere. Uh, they rose to the top. Um, and and I was a part of that band's earliest beginnings. And like I said, I'm fucking so proud. I have fucking proof, motherfuckers. I have fucking proof that I was a, a fan of this band long before you fuckheads decided to claim them as your own. Long before any motherfucker liked them. Long before I was a fan of theirs, and I, and this is pre-internet. This, this isn't like some shit like you, you, your buddy tells you about, and you go and listen to all their music and all that once, and and you become a fan. And they're like, yeah, that fucking band is wild. Like I'd like to see them live, and I'm gonna fucking follow them on fucking Instagram, and then. I'm going to start commenting lyrics, you know, on their fucking shit. No, 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 no. 
this is you actually had to go to shows. You didn't know who the fuck was playing with who. Um, you had to be lucky enough if you went to a fucking Slayer show or a fucking corn show that whoever that they're touring with uh, is what you like as well because you didn't really know. People don't know bands. Um, like I said, th- this band was on Tattoo the Earth. I didn't know who they were, but I knew exactly once they were done, I knew exactly that I was going to like this band. Um, and they shaped my life. Like I said, they put me on a path that I have not to this day walked away from. And that's Haybreed. Haybreed was on Tattoo the Earth. Satisfaction of the Death of Desire was their only songs that they had. And they blew me away. But that's not the album to me that sticks out from them. That album is Perseverance. Uh, Perseverance came out before 9-11. There is an album that came out actually on 9-11. That's Slayer's God Hates Us All, ironically. Um, But Haybreed's Perseverance came out pre-9-11. I was a fan of theirs before 9-11, 2001, because I was in the 8th grade. I was a fan of theirs for a minute. Um, And I'm going to tell you what, man. That band had a long beginning career where, like, it didn't seem like they were going to make it. And then Perseverance came out. Perseverance, holy shit. Um, Man. Proven. Perseverance. A Call for Blood. Final Prayer, Unloved. Unloved to me is one of the songs, it's one of their greatest songs of all time, man. I, I could go on and on all day about Haybreed, and I will be heard. Shit, I mean, Blood Soaked Memories. Uh, even their outro became a song on their third album on Rise. Man, Perseverance, shit. I, I can't say enough. Perseverance's song is to me one of the most endearing songs of all time because I I have to persevere in my life. Uh, I had numerous things that afflict me from time to time, and the message of that song to me rings true today. It rang true ten years ago. It, it rings true. It'll ring true for me years from now. It, Perseverance to me. Improving, you know, you want to see me fail? You'll never get your chance, man. You're going to start off an album screaming that shit at the top of your lungs? You you got me. I'm fucking sold. I'm in. Uh, In those days, if if Habri would have told me to run and fucking start a riot somewhere, I probably would have. And like I said, if you know heavy metal or hardcore music as of late, and... Haybreed is touring with your favorite band. That fucking show is a knockout. Like, if your favorite band right now is Knock Loose and the show is Haybreed with Knock Loose, I guarantee you, you're like, wow, that fucking show is going to be fucking wild. If it's Haybreed and fucking Kill Switch Engage, you're probably like, yeah, man, that fucking show is wild. If it's Haybreed and fucking Slayer, you're like, holy shit, it's too fucking. That is fucking. Haybreed is a band. They're big, they don't act big. 
I've I've met the man in person now. You know, I spent money to go get a VIP meet and greet. I got my picture with him. It's somewhere hidden in my phone. I posted it somewhere. Uh, you know, lifelong goal. I I just met them recently when they let out um, Concrete Confessionals. That's when I did the VIP meet and greet. And th- and that was a long time ago from when Perseverance came out. A long fucking time. There was a long time they weren't touring that much. Uh, but they stuck they stuck through it. Um, they've got numerous albums, and I and I could go all damn day about satisfaction, perseverance, and rise, and and even beyond that, I mean, supremacy. To to me, supremacy too. I mean, that's kind of where I fell off with them, but I repicked them. I repicked back up with them later after you know some years of just. Uh, there was other music I was listening to. But yeah, uh Perseverance man, it just hit it just hit at the right time it hit. That band, I don't want to say they're so fortunate, but they put in a lot of hard work. And when this when people needed it most when we got sucker punch on 911. You know, it don't care what your belief is about it, it was an inside job or fucking somebody actually attacked us. But either way, I mean Somebody somewhere fucking decided to fucking kick everybody in the fucking balls. And then while we were down, they fucking kicked us again. You know, they fucking kicked us all fucking day. They kicked our ass. We got our asses kicked. It don't matter what you believe. Like, I don't believe myself that uh, we didn't know about it. I think there was something fishy about it. I don't believe those buildings just fell either. And I've talked about that in other conspiracies podcasts. But I, I believe what I believe about 9-11. Regardless, uh, George Bush failed us, and fucking, we got kicked in the fucking balls. That's all. That's all there was to it. We got kicked in the balls, and then we were they were fucking stomping a mud hole in us uh, all fucking day. And for a cool minute, we lost our way. And to me, if you just take into context, you know that album, and you put it, and you have a solid enemy, and your enemy could be whatever it could be. Uh, it could be a nice girlfriend. It could be, you know, a fucking boss that fired you. It could be, you know, your landlord kicking you out of your house. You throw on perseverance and you immediately want to fucking clench your fist and fucking fight a motherfucker. You know, that's how that band approached that album. And that's just at that time in my life that I needed. I needed that. I still need it. Uh, perseverance never gets old for me. Uh, like I said, a call for blood, unloved. You know, you could take that. That album is so full of one-liners, but it, they they do it so tastefully. I mean, Jamie Jasta, that man is fucking. That man is talented as fuck, man. Um, and that, and he wrote six. I mean, and they and I wish them all the success in the world. I got nothing bad to say about Hebrew. Like I said, they're that, and they like I said, I got perseverance. I was in high school, and perseverance to me, everyone was like, "Isn't Haybreed a punk band?" I'm like, "They're fucking heavy, bro. You don't understand how fucking heavy they are." Like I've seen them live now two or three times. Motherfuckers didn't know who they were. I'm in high school. The only person that that was listening to Haybreed, and Haybreed directly led me to. My top two bands, 
in the top two albums. Um, they're a direct fucking linkage to the next two bands that I've loved. Um, like I said, Hatebreed is that band for me. They they completely changed shit for me. Um, they got me into hardcore, and hardcore has had a fucking a run, and they're running a muck with shit because all the hardcore bands, uh, and they're not even metalcore anymore. They're, most bands are just hardcore. They're or they maybe they're a splash metalcore, but fucking Hatebreed came out of left field and fucking wrecked shit too. Slipknot had their run. Hatebreed came out, came along. Hatebreed took the mantle. Um, of, at a time, I felt like there was nothing but big bands. There was Disturbed, and there was this P.O.D. shit, and there was Slipknot, and there's Corn, and all these bands, and, and Rob Zombie, and all these bands were big. They're big, 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 big. Stadiums, stadiums, fucking big, big tours. Uh, Hatebreed went more of a an underground approach or we're making music and we're going to do all the venues that are slightly close to you. We're going to do it slightly cheaper than these big bands. And you're going to come see us because not only do we kick fucking ass, but we're right in line with what you should be paying for, for music. And, and, and we're going to knock your, we're going to fucking blow your fucking socks and we're going to fucking play with bands. And this is the, this is a key thing for me about Hatebreed because they ultimately led me to the next two bands. Hatebreed played with bands that were just as fucking heavy, just as fucking punk, just as fucking hardcore, just as fucking balls out as they were. Um, and they didn't give a fuck about playing with, changing up their style to play with fucking Papa Roach and none of that shit. They played what they played and they stuck with the bands that they knew and the people that they played with and they fucking completely wrecked house too. Like I said, Hatebreed's Perseverance for me came out of nowhere and they fucked shit up, man. That fucked, that fucked everything. That fucked up the whole world because once they caught steam, there was a whole slew of underground hardcore bands that fucking people hadn't been exposed to because there was nothing but these big bands. And Hatebreed was that, Hatebreed was that gap. There were that fucking bridge. And and I walked across that bridge and most of the music I listen to now is fucking in the vein of hate breed, in the vein of just heavy hardcore, heavy metal. And it's just it's just in your face. And that's how I like my music, man. If you go and listen to Proven, it rips your fucking nutsack off from the fucking opening tip off. Um from the opening tip, yeah. You rip your tip of your dick off with the opening tip off. It fucking rips your fucking nuts off and it fucking... And you go. The fucking is a go. It's fucking... You wake up and it's fucking boom. Like, go. Fucking fight somebody. Fucking get shit done. Take no shit from nobody. That's what that album is. That, like I said, I could go on all day about... Perseverance, I could go on all day about satisfaction is the death of desire and the rise of brutality and supremacy. And I don't know 
what song of theirs you want to pick as a fucking top 10 because they got a shitload of good songs, man. Like I said, Jamie Justin is talented as fuck. Uh, they made it to number three on my list. They could have been easily, could have been higher. But the next two bands, um, to me, are more of a personal love and more of a personal approach to things. Um, the very next band, I'm going to go see... In a, in a week or two. In this band, like I said, I'm contemplating how to get their tattoos. In this band, more so than I want to say anybody else on this list currently, this band is still going. They've been going since I've heard them. They haven't let up. They haven't even slowed. But this band is still going. They're not on anybody's radar per se, except mine. I'm like the only one that I know that this band drops a tour and I immediately want to go fucking kill somebody. Um, this band, I came across them at a tour uh, at the Glass House. At that time, they had already had one album out. I didn't know much about them. They were just on this fucking tour. Uh, the, the rest of the tour was good, man. The rest of the tour... Uh, just before I, I give up who they are. But the rest of the tour was Darkest Hour. It was Remembering Never. It was... Um, A Life Once Lost. And I want to say... Himsa. Either Himso or Sinai Beach. Now, mind you, if you know anything about hardcore and you know those bands, Darkest Hour, A Life Once Lost, you'd know that those fucking bands, each one of those bands are fucking wild. All of those bands are fucking wild. Remembering Never, A Life Once Lost, Darkest Hour, and I'm pretty sure it was Himsa. Mind you, I loved Himsa, and I still do love Himsa. I wish they'd come back. I fucking love... Remembering Never, I want them to come back. A Life Once Lost Live is fucking balls out bonkers. Uh, I don't care too much for Darkest Star, but The Sadist Nation, when that shit hit, that was a fucking beauty of a song. That was a beauty of an album. I don't really care for them now. They don't even know what they're doing. But right smack dab in the middle of that fucking tour, they're like the second band to play. The Acacia Strain. Wow. The album I picked from them, and, and to be honest with you, it's not that it's my favorite anymore, but it's the most, like I said, there was an album, like I said early on in this podcast, there was an album that I listened to for about a year straight um, that I could not get over. I listened to it, you know, nonstop. I couldn't get over I don't know... How to tell you that I listened to the same album for 365 days of a year, complete in its entirety. I listened to The Dead Walk for about a year. It was in my CD player, in my Kia Spectra, for a year. Uh, I didn't see no reason to take it out. That album, 
Um, there's not a bad song on it. There's not one bad song on the Dead Walk. That album is brutal. That album to to me is just it, like I said, just with Hayward. You want to fucking fight somebody? You want to kill somebody? You're going through a breakup. A breakup. You're going through some bad shit. You throw that motherfucker on, and, and you can clench your fist and you can pull out how to kill somebody. And you can and you you be motivated to do it. Um, the Dead Walk, um, Burn Face, Four by Four, Woe Shut It Down, The Demolisher, uh, Predator Never Pray, uh, Pity, um, See You Next Tuesday, Angry Mob Justice. I mean, I've they've played because I've seen the Acacia Strain now well over 20 or 30 times. They've played, I've heard every song on that album. Uh, and I don't have one regret. And they've trimmed the songs that you hear from that album down to not just being one or two songs. And, and they've pretty much stuck with 4x4 four four or Woe Wo Shit It Down as the songs that you're going to hear from them from that album now. And either one of those songs, 4x4 four four for me, it's just it's just a heavy fucking riff of a song. I mean, it's just as soon as it hits, man, you know you fucking move somebody. Whoa, shut it down hits too. You you know you make a motherfucker move. Um, I I've gone to great lengths to see that band. The last time I seen them was more than a year ago now at Vans Warp Tour. And like I said, they're coming here now, and they're going to play Continent in its entirety. And I haven't heard anything off of Continent except JFC, and I'm ready for fucking Continent. Because that, that album is fucking superb in itself. I listened to that one, too, for about a year straight. Um, because I was already I was already hooked to the occasion. I already knew all about that band, and I knew exactly what kind of shows. That band... I don't know. That band, more so than any band that I know... More so than any band that I've listened to on at all, is they they the man the man doesn't do no singing. Um, they design songs and it's just to fucking beat you up. It's just they uh, their sets are nothing but fucking mosh. Like it's. Every breakdown that they put is bigger and better than the last one, and then they fucking put in fast parts just to lead into fucking more breakdowns and to fucking blow your fucking head off. They have so many one-liners. I want to. It's a lifelong goal. If that band ever breaks up or disbands or, or they're going to do one final tour, I'm going to go to fucking Boston or New York or wherever they're fucking from, from over there. I think they're from Boston. The Palladium. And I'm going to fucking go see them off. If that comes to be, I will fucking fly my ass out there and fucking put a foot in a motherfucker's face. That's it. That's all there is to it. That's how much that band means to me. They, I found them, like I said, I discovered them on a tour. They fucking blew me away. They fucking blew away, like, the entire... Because I think they played second or third. They blew, they blew away the rest of the night. I was already fucking like, whoa. This fucking band, whoa. Holy fuck, this band... I, I gotta find out who's got 
their albums because there was no digital Spotify in those days. You know, you, you wanted to listen to something, you had to go buy their CD. You had to go look for it. Not exactly sure. I, th- I think it was, the, I was probably out of high school at the time when I found them. But, I mean, Jesus, the Acacia Train was, is fucking, mo- um, they're a monstrous band. Um, like I said, the dude is nowhere near the monstrous vibe he was giving off years ago. And I don't know if he was ever like that, because like I said, the internet is a different place now. And you can see people in their personal lives. But the Acacia Strain was just a monstrous band to tour with. I mean, they were doing tours, and they would be the best band on the tour, even though they weren't playing last. They do tours, and it was just they were just fucking nuts, man. The Acacia Strain is fucking nuts. I don't even know how to say. And the Dead Walk. In my like that album in, in particular fucking blew me the fuck away, man. My brother can attest to it. I mean, that's like one of the best. I mean, the K Strain has evolved and morphed over the years to being more metalish, but and they've I think they've only put to me in my eyes like one subparse album, but. You know, Wormwood, I was just listening to Wormwood last night before I decided to make this fucking podcast and list of shit to listen to. I was just listening to Wormwood. Uh, I, I've been fucking listening to Continent because I know that tour is coming up and it's their 10 year anniversary for that album. And I can't believe that album's been 10 years. Like, holy shit, I don't know where the time went. But... Uh, You've got Grave Boom that just came out for them not too long ago, and you've got Coma Witch, and you've got 3750, and you've got a number of fucking. They have a and all of the, and on those albums they have a number of songs that fucking rip your shit off, man. I mean, it like the homie one time we were barbecuing at my house and he said, "Bro, I can't fucking go to see the occasion because it's just one fucking mosh." Like, the mosh doesn't stop. You can't fucking put a set together and it's just one breakdown after the next, after the next, for 40 minutes. And I'm like, bro, that is exactly what the fuck I'm fucking talking about. You get in there, you beat the shit out of everybody, you fucking mosh your fucking to your heart's content, and you keep going. Like, the music doesn't not need to fucking have singing parts to it. It does not need to have fucking flowery parts to it. Just give me the fucking raw shit. Give me the fuck you and get on. And fucking give me some music to say fuck you too, you know? The Dead Walk just fucking is that album, man. I mean, to me, it's that album. I'm gonna get a tattoo from them because I've been dying for it because I've been a fan for so long. I've gotta mark my body to let people know, like, that this is this is something that has long been overdue for me for them, and, and I need to get it done. Um, I don't know what else to say about about that band. I, I found them, like I said, at a tour that you know they came out of the Haybreed era, post Haybreed. You know, Haybreed was still a band; they were still touring, but they were big and they would tour with you know, fairly decent sized bands that were big like them. Lamb of God. 
you know, bands of that nature. And the K strain was just a rung, it is just a rung lower than Haybreed. But they fucking, like I said, they were at Warped Tour, not this last year, but the year before. And holy shit, they fucking blew me away there too. I, they played like seven songs, and I was it like, like I said, I was a library. It's just a giant mosh. From the opening tip off, it's just a fucking who can mosh the longest, and who knows the fucking parts to mosh to, and who fucking knows the words. Like, that's all it is to it. The band doesn't hit you with any crazy shit. They're just pretty fucking straightforward, like, in your face. This is fucking raw aggression. Um, I can't say enough about it, but I got to get to my number one album of all time. Uh, and if you probably know by listening to my podcast, the, the number one album, the number one that shaped my life more so than any other band, and in this album in particular, it shaped my life you know, I don't know what else to say about this band. This is Love, This is Murder is from Bleeding Through. It's probably the most influential album in my life. And it's probably, you know, when I die, I'm going to fucking put a quote I, somebody better fucking quote some shit from that album at my fucking funeral. Like, that's how much, like, you know, I've got tattoos on my body now that are fucking pretty fucking prominent. And like I said, touched on before, that album blows the, the fuck out of. It's so fucking violent. Um, it's so entertaining, man. That album, you throw it on front to back fucking it's good I, and I they like they toured actually with Haybreed Haybreed actually led me to directly to Bleeding Through I uh, went to go see Haybreed with uh, Bleeding Through Terror in Sinai Beach in Hollywood years ago and I've been a fan of Bleeding Through ever since and they're still playing They I know they stopped for a while but they're still playing man and I still can't get over it like fucking holy shit and this shit is taking way too long, but I had to get to the 10 because I thought five was not going to cut it. Um, this is Love, This is Murderous Man. It starts off with um, Love Lost in a Hell of Gunfire. Moving right on to uh, Sweet Vampires. Number seven with the bullet uh, on Wings of Lead. Murder by Numbers. Revenge I Seek. Shadow Walker. City of the Condemned. I mean, Jesus, like, yeah. That, I mean, that band, and they were, and, the, and more so than any other band. That band to me was close to home. Uh, and I don't know how many times I've seen Bleeding Through. I don't know how many times. You know, I'm gonna listen to their music. I don't know how many times. You know, I'm going to fucking throw on their old shit. I don't know how many times I'm going to be craving to hear their shit one more time live. See it one more time live. You know, my moshing days are are creeping up to expiration. But that band, to me, 
like Jesus, man. Like in that album in particular, this is love, this murder. Um, it's it's played the biggest role in my life. It is the best album that I've ever purchased. Um, I purchased it now a dozen times because I've lost it and scratched it, and and now we're in Apple and Spotify and shit. And it feels like I keep purchasing it because I'm fucking still listening to it. It's one of the fucking main albums I do listen to from them. Um, Revenge I Seek. Like I said, if you guys go and listen to that song, just fucking listen to it. That's just, that's just to me, that is the most heavy fucking metal, fucking punk, fucking outrageous fucking song that you could possibly concoct. More so than any other band. I don't know, like... I'm sure that their band is sick of playing that song. I'm sure that they don't fucking get it anymore why people like it. But I get why I liked it initially. And I get why I still like it. And while I will always like it. You could just fucking say those lyrics to literally anything in any situation. And it just fucking makes sense. Um, there is the love aspect to it on Wings of Lead. Like, I've listened to on Wings of Lead recently. You know... And it, it harkens back to some old, deep feelings I have. And I'll get to that in another podcast. But, you know, going back to all them days when I first heard it in the fucking... I'm still in love with that band to this day. And, that, and it's been a long time since that band started. And it's been a long time since that album was released. And it remains... In my everyday, day-to-day fucking play- playlist of fucking songs that I've listened to and bands that I listen to. They're fucking creeping up on 20 years later, like, Jesus. Like, I can't get over those songs. And nobody's going to understand it outside of maybe my brother and a few handful of people. But Bleeding Through is a fucking band, number one. They're a fucking wild band. And Bleeding Through is, to me, how metal is supposed to be. Raw, in-your-face, aggressive. I know they did some big-sounding albums, you know, later. Uh, But they, you know, they could draw back. They could just play This Is Love, This Is Murder, so nobody would even fucking care that they didn't play any other songs. Um, They could play a shitload of other songs. And they still maintain playing Revenge I Seek. They still play Love Lost in a Hell of Gunfire. They still play I Heard on Wings of Lead. They've kind of dropped number seven with the bullet and Sweet Vampires. Um, they've dropped a number of songs from that from that era off off the rotation, but you know, what can I say? That fucking album was perfect. Fucking 10 out of 10. Revenge I Seek is a 10 out of 10 song. Probably in my top three or my top five songs of all time of all heavy metal songs. If I had to dwindle it down to fucking what I want to listen to, you know, it would depend on what kind of mood. I could throw on Revenge I Seek immediately to any fucking pissed off situation. Um, and then they have. On Wings of Lead, if I want to go fucking the Loverboy route or the Heartbreak route, I could throw that shit on and shed a tear too. Like, you take your pick, man. I mean, 
that that album splashes and it dips and it and it dives and it fucking hits you on all angles and it's fucking raw and it's aggressive and it's fucking it's a perfect album in my eyes and that to me it's the most influential the most well versed the most I'm still playing it to this day um and it goes all the way back to high school um there's not many albums that I play on a day-to-day basis or play on a week-to-week basis from all these other bands that I mentioned they're there and I do listen to them and I do like love those albums and I fucking love the music but bleeding through this is love this is murder is still in heavy rotation you know I know that album front to back as if I wrote it my fucking self I've seen that band so many times and I know exactly what to expect as if I fucking I'm playing the instruments my goddamn self um yeah, I mean, that's my top 10. That's that's my fucking top 10 albums. I don't give a fuck what you say about any other fucking band. Uh, these is what I like. And you can pick up any of these albums and, and get your mind fucked up too by listening to them because they're not fucking bad. None of them. Not Cradle of Field, not Pantera, not Cold Chamber, not Subnot, Metallica, Korn. Hey, breathe, the breathe. All that shit is fucking heavy. It's good. Those bands, you know, some of them are still kicking. Um, a lot of them are. Cradle Foot is still going. Metallica is still going. Slipknot is still going. Cold Chamber isn't Cold Chamber. Devil Driver is still going. Uh, Super Joint Ritual is still going. Pantera is still sort of alive. No, they're not alive. Hey, breathe is still going. The Cage Strain is still going. And Bleeding Through just re-came back, and they're kicking as well. Um, they're just fucking kicking, man. I mean, some of those bands are kicking. Now, there is other albums that I wanted, like I said, I got honorable mentions. Um, and I'm just gonna shoot them out there. I mean, honorable mentions. You got Throwdown's Haymaker, which barely missed the top 10. I've got the Acacia Strains 3750, which just missed, just missed the top 10. Bleeding Through's Portrait of the Goddess, just missed. Haybreed's Satisfaction and Rise of Brutality both missed. Pantera's uh, Vulgar Display of Power just missed the top 10. Corn Issues, they just missed the top 10 as well. Mudvayne LD50, Remembering Never, Women and Children Die First. Uh, holy shit. Um, Declaration from Bleeding Through. Uh, like I said, the Acacia Wormwood. Um, Continent, Coma Witch. I mean, they're just albums and albums that a band's Metallica, you know, you could put Injustice for All or Ride the Lightning where I put Master Puppets, and I wouldn't even argue with you on that. Uh, Slayer, God Save Us All, Seasons in the Abyss. Lamb of God just missed. I mean, there's a bunch of bands that just fucking miss the cut. And it's not because, it, I mean, it's just different set of circumstances for everybody. You know, if Lama, if Lama God came into your life at a different point and they're your favorite band, they were. These are mine. You know, fuck off. Uh, there's other bands, there's other music that just fucking came like a fucking freight train and just hit me in the side of the head like, whoa. Um... You know, Sepultura, you know, Chaos AD is fucking great. Um, 
Roots, Bloody Roots. That album is fucking fantastic. Um, Bury Your Dead. You know, cover your tracks. I still listen to that shit too. And I just seen them about a year ago in in Upland, you call really close to home. Fucking amazing. Emir just missed. Um God, there's so many bands. Sinai Beach was a big part of my life. They're no longer playing, but I just seen them too about a year, year and a half ago. Fucking phenomenal. Still. Um and these are honorable mentions. I mean I, damn, I can't. I don't even know where to keep going. I mean, shit. Like, um, yeah. Hatebreeds, Rise of Brutal, Doomsayer. I mean, fuck. Like that just missed the top ten. Slipknot Volume Three. Um, that just missed the top ten too. And that, and honestly, Volume Three missed the top ten. I was gonna thinking about, but I had to make a tough choice between Iowa. In volume three, and Iowa is better than volume three. There's no, not even a debate on there. But volume three to me is fucking great on its own, in its own realm. Uh, Corns, yeah, like I said, issues could have been easily up in there, but I chose not to because it's just not as good as Life is Peachy. Oh, I mean, and there's there's just a mob of other walls of Jericho's got, you know, walls of Jericho's got like two albums that I still listen to uh, to this day as well. All Hail the Dead. And then with Devils Amongst Us All. And with with Devils Amongst Us All, the actual song is fucking righteous. Um... God, there's so many bands. There's so many bands. You know, there's some new bands, too, that I'm like, fuck, man. They're probably going to stick with me for a number of years, too, like Knock Loose. Uh, Laugh Tracks is fucking a fucking phenomenal album, man. Uh, So is Wage War. Wage War, I just, they're fucking album. They have two albums. Their, Their latter of the two is fucking phenomenal. Holy shit, I mean, Unearth, Unearth, you know, just missed the fucking cut, too. Uh, like I said, Throwdown, and not just Throwdown, Haymaker just missed the cut, and so so does Venom and Tears, and Vendetta, and even their new shit, Intolerance, man, just, I mean, you know, fuck. I can't even explain to you, like... Like I said, Lamb of God, uh, you know, they, they have a couple albums, too, that fucking just missed the cut. Your Kill Switch just missed the cut. Devil Driver just missed the cut. I mean, holy fuck, a lot of these, some of this shit, they just missed being in my top ten. And, and like I said, Devil Driver's been there for a minute, but I I was not going to put a Devil Driver album over a Cold Chamber album. A Cold Chamber... Still a part of my life. And like I said, these are honorable mentions. You know, my top ten is what it is. This podcast went way too fucking long. Um, Fight me, you fuckers, if you believe that some other album from some other band is fucking better. Or if any of the albums that I did mention, you know, another album of their shit is is better. And my, my list is fucking trash. And it probably is fucking trash. 
because that shit only I'm gonna like. I got my musical taste. Y'all got yours. But that shit, my shit is fucking. I believe it's fucking. I and I could reshuffle this shit maybe later on, but I believe my list is fucking perfect. As of right now today, I feel like it's a fucking... And I took a cool minute to decide before I was... Because I was going to... I wanted to do this list in... Fucking... And I took my time to fucking think about it. Instead of just spouting off albums. Because if you spout off albums, you never end. But that's my top 10 heavy metal albums, perhaps of all time. And it is what it is, man. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys stuck around to now, I mean, shit, because this shit is fucking long. Anyways, I'm out, you guys. Late.